A FAM production. Furniture and mattress. FAM.news. Drew Millar is on the show today. He's the VP of Human Resources with Temper Sealy International TSI. Let's talk about the great resignation. Let's talk about the secrets to finding and keeping talent. And is HR the new COVID police? The Dos Marcos Show begins in 60 seconds. Driven entrepreneurs, listen up. It's time to team up with Nationwide Marketing Group, North America's most successful network of independent retailers. You'll gain access to programs and services that level the playing field between you and the national chains. Industry-leading digital marketing, increased buying power, exclusive networking events, and of course, their awesome learning platform. Nationwide Marketing Group is the business partner that helps you get results and stay ahead of the competition. Take the first step today and visit nationwidegroup.org. Do you want more sales in three easy clicks? Yeah. It starts right now at doorcounts.com. With a completely redesigned user interface, gathering data has never been easier. Click number one, your salespeople connect with the customer as they walk through the door. Click two is the outcome. Click three, key performance metrics right there on your phone from anywhere at any time. Now your salespeople can spend their time selling and DoorCounts is going to gather the data you need to make your business better. Start right now at DoorCounts.com. Welcome to the Dose Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn. We're mattress and furniture leaders gathered to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. The Galaxy's Greatest Mattress Podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. Okay, Kinsley, you know I'm a dork anyway, but I'm sitting in the Temper Sealy National Meeting, my first one, and and so they're like, oh, every and, and I had actually heard about Drew, uh, our guest today, Drew Millar, VP of Human Resources for Temper Sealy. And they're like, oh yeah, wait, there's this HR guy, he's an attorney, and he's gonna come out and he's like the MC and he's really good. And I'm like, HR guy and attorney being really good. It just did not compute for me at all. And then here comes Drew, this goofy, lovable, dynamic guy on stage. And he was so good. And you know me, I'm critical of that stuff anyway. But uh, anyway, he just came on stage and he's he just had this great, funny way about him. And he carried the crowd incredibly well. And anyway, so I'm watching and I'm like, he's got to come on our show. And so he's got a lot to talk about in the HR space, but that's how I got. And you know what it is. And I told him this, I go, he channels Will Ferrell, like his delivery, his comedic style. He was on stage. He never knew what to do with his hands exactly. So it was just very awkward for him. Uh, anyway, he's, he's a riot. And, and I introduced myself and he's like a podcast. Sure. Why not? And so here he is. So Drew, thanks a lot for humoring us and uh, and in, in in trudging into this show with us. We appreciate you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Appreciate. Well, so hey, you Drew, you're talking, me, man. You're talking to a couple of guys that spent a fair amount of time in HR during their lives. So yeah. we the are we are here to dig in and learn a little bit about how to navigate that process. You know, it's always like Drew would be, you'd be, and in, in, in I may end up having to see Drew now that I'm in the Temper Sealy company, right? But it, if Drew calls you, it's like the you're having to go into the principal's office. You're like, oh God, what, you know, what, what, I, what did I do? Drew's calling me. So uh, now maybe it's because he wants to do another show. Maybe I don't have to worry about it now. But 
Um, so Drew, uh, how in the world, okay. So talk to us about how you ended up at temper Sealy. You said you're an attorney and you're not like the typical HR guy. So I want to hear about that. And then how the hell did they end up tagging you to be the MC of the event? I love it. So hit us with those answers. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm an attorney by trade, went to law school at university of Kentucky and graduated a fair number of years ago, but worked at a law firm, uh, here in Lexington, Kentucky for about 10 years, uh, before joining temper Sealy. And I specialized in labor and employment law. Um, I had a lot of people that didn't believe that I was a lawyer, you know, when I tell them I'm a lawyer because of the Will Ferrell comparisons and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that was how I was into it. I enjoyed the job that I had. Um, was really enjoying that. The law firm was Dinsmore and Scholl. It's based out of Cincinnati, but a Lexington office. And uh, enjoyed what I was doing. But then I bought a Tempur-Pedic bed. Um, it was about seven years ago um, that I bought a Tempur bed. And I've got some joint problems. I'm a fairly big guy. Um, and so I've had joint problems for years and bought a Tempur bed. And, and it changed my life. I, you know, I thought, like, how could anybody ever spend that kind of money on a split king, you know, high-end bed? And, uh, and I bought it. And I now I have temper beds in every room of my house. I absolutely love the product. And so they were looking to expand their legal department and needed somebody with my specific skill set. And so they gave me a call and, uh, and I was willing to listen because I love the products. And so it's been about five years now. I actually started in the legal department and was supporting the HR team because of my labor and employment background. But then after uh, a year in the legal department, I moved over to HR and, uh, and started going up through HR and, and then became VP about two years ago. Um, it, it's been a fun ride. I, the way I got into the sales conference was I was supporting the sales force. So the person who was doing sales left the company. And so they asked me to pick it up and I started uh, supporting the sales force with Steve Rusing and his team and, and just got really kind of ingrained into their leadership team. They let me do a couple cameo appearances in prior years. And then the last two years I've kind of emceed the event, which has just been a blast for me because I, I'm, I'm very bad at HR, most people will tell you, in Temper Sealy. So it's good to have something that I feel a little more comfortable in and I'm better at, I think. Well, you're clearly not that bad at it. But uh, anyway, so that's funny. And so, Will Farrell, you say people make comparisons. Talk to us about that. Like, do, have you ever done open mic stuff? Have you ever tried? I mean. So, yeah, I've done, I, I did some stuff like in high school and college where it wasn't anything big. But I would just do, I would host events and things like that just because people realized like, hey, he's kind of good at this and I liked doing it. And so I would do um, some of that periodically. But I've only done one true comedy club. I performed at the Improv Club in Louisville um, and it was a lawyer only event. So they invited a bunch of lawyers to come and perform. And uh, and I, I actually won, but it was because of the quality of the competition, now, not because now, of the quality uh, of my routine. But I'm going to ask you one more yeah. question, then I'll shut up and let Kinsley jump in. So what is you, when you were doing that, what was your favorite little bit? Like, you know, you look at things like, and you're like, oh my God, that is so ironic. And like, that would be good on stage. Like, what was your favorite little bit that you did? Yeah. So, so a little bit about me. I, I actually, I was homeschooled until eighth grade. Um, so I was homeschooled and I grew up in a rural town in Utah where we didn't have a stoplight until I was in high school. And so it was, it was this kind of, you know, country kid from Utah, um, that, that grew up in a very sheltered environment, being a lawyer that dealt with the nitty gritty underbelly of companies. And so, you know, I talked about being in depositions and talking about things where it was just stuff that we were never supposed to talk about, you know, like my parents didn't talk about it. But it was like what I did day in and day out, sexual harassment and things like that. So 
it was a lot of fun, but it, it always made me uncomfortable. So I would like, instead of saying words, I would spell words. And it always caused confusion with people like, what the heck is this guy saying? Because I didn't want to say the bad words that my mom always told me growing up, you're not supposed to say. So that that was a lot of the basis for my comedy routine. But uh, but a little bit about my yes, you mean like so, S-E-X? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, kids. There's That's S-E-X right, sort of stuff. Yeah. harassment going on in here. And we all need to be aware of it. Right. Hey, well, you know, I, I came across a like a sometimes I come across these lists of books, you know, the best book for whatever subject it is. So I'm going to I'm going to put this one into play and do, do my best here, Drew. OK, the improv handbook. There you go. Um, so clearly I haven't cracked into this yet because I'm not landing any big right hooks here. But OK, that's on my list. <laughs> well, you, you, maybe you could do the HR friendly improv handbook. That, that would be a whittled down version. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it is. Although I get I get more often than not, like you're our HR vice president. Like, you know, I host the company holiday parties and stuff. And there are vendors that come in are always like, you're the HR guy. So. Uh, so, yeah, I don't necessarily embody. The OK, so that I, I have an about. HR question for you. Just I'm going to I'm going to highlight a scenario that could happen at a holiday party and you tell me appropriate or inappropriate. Okay. This is a true story from a friend of mine. I'm not going to name any names, um, but he works for a rather large company in the industry. And he told me a, a, a wide ranging story about being in a pool hall in Colorado and getting to know one of the local gals. And there was drinking going on. And toward the end of the night, they had all these wild, funny, crazy interactions. And she lifted up her shirt, but not all the way, just to show her what he said, his, her tummy. And so they saw each other across the room after having many, many drinks. And he also lifted up his shirt to show her his tummy. And they ran at each other, and they did a tummy bump, whatever that is. I'd never heard of it. And so I told him, I said, at some point, I'm going to see you across the room. In front of everybody, I'm going to raise up my shirt, and, and I expect you to do the same thing and run, and we do a tummy bump. Appropriate or inappropriate at the holiday party? Yeah, I, I, would, I would go with inappropriate at the holiday party. Um, I would probably laugh at it, but then we would have a conversation right after. See, my Lord, I, told you, I could have uh, voted on that. Come on, man. But it's just a right. little bit of skin. It's not like you're showing any of the, the, the parts that you have to spell. Drew, so is it, is that the line? If you have to spell it, then it's probably wrong. Okay. Right, right. That's usually yeah. That's usually the uh, dividing line. There is if I have to spell the word, then you went too far. Back in the day, okay, inappropriate or appropriate for the modern world. Back in the day, uh, there would be games that happened at parties and holiday parties. One of them was. The, uh, the passing of the orange underneath the chin, right? So it's kind of like you turn sideways and you pass the orange, the next person tucks it, appropriate, inappropriate. Right. You know, I think it's, uh, and this is where things are, are certainly evolving over time, and this is where uh, my legal background comes into play, is that th there's a lot of that sort of stuff that I think is harmless and fun, and then somebody felt uncomfortable with it. Right. I mean, almost every sexual harassment case I was ever involved in involved somebody later on claiming that they were uncomfortable with something. And everybody else said these people were great with it. You know what I mean? Everybody was laughing. Everybody was having a good time. But in hindsight, somebody said they were uncomfortable. 
and trying to prove that they were comfortable, good luck. You know what I mean? And so that's where, you know, I think a lot of times what I have seen now being more inside a company is it's important to nip the little things in the bud. Like when you see little things like that, you provide kind of on the spot coaching and say, hey, that's probably not appropriate for this environment because otherwise you let stuff go because it's not that big of a deal. And then over time it grows. And then you got stuff going on that clearly is a bigger deal. Drew's got to spell it out, you know, at some later investigation or something. And then we've got a bigger problem. So that's where, you know, I think nowadays we've got to be more and more cautious of just but addressing it in the moment. It doesn't have to be like, you did that, you're fired. You know what I mean? Like, no, that probably wasn't appropriate. Let's learn from that and not do it in the future. But I think so often it was, and I've seen this in company cultures, especially in my legal background, that like you don't go to HR because that's when people get fired. No, HR should be there to just help folks stay out of the first level of trouble, you know, before they get all the way to the end. And I, that's still something that we have to combat is people feel like if, some, if we're going to HR, yeah. people are going to get fired. That's really not the case. Yeah. We're there to just, we're yeah. there to just ruin Yeah, fun. just tamp it down a little fun. bit. Okay, so final scenario. That's right. Yeah, just, just hmm. put a wet blanket on that fund, just a little bit. Final scenario here. Right. Uh, nobody reports feeling uncomfortable, okay? But Mark Quinn has gained a bit of a reputation for unbuttoning two to three buttons on his shirt and showing his new tattoo on his chest. Appropriate, inappropriate. Inappropriate. <laughs> Wildly inappropriate. But it's specific to Mark Twain. <laughs> so other now, people it would be now, fine then, with, yeah, but it it's just because also, I'm, I'm disgusting to look at that we want to draw the line there. Right. Well... The, the, okay, the part of the right. story that wasn't exactly. told was he started asking people to touch it. And then the, the real evolution of the story was whenever he unbuttoned his shirt, there, there seemed to be some sort of designs shaved into his chest hair. One could argue that it was an arrow pointing down. No, no. One right. could definitely uh -huh. not argue that. And I don't think asking someone to trace the letters with their finger is necessarily inappropriate. I just don't. If I you're think blowing in their ear, it is. Agree, agree to disagree, Mark. He's blowing in their disagree. ear <sighs> gently, okay? That's inappropriate. I even, I even know well, that, Drew. you know, I mean, I could bring up the fact that Mark constantly refers to me as sugar britches, which I think is inappropriate, like, in the workplace. So, right. anyway. All right, Drew, your nickname. So, you, guys may need, you guys may need HR for the <laughs> show, well, as it turns out. We're unrated, and there's, like, four people that listen to it, so we're fine. No, unfortunately, fortunately now, Kinsley, we've got a much larger audience these days. But anyway, so Drew, tell us something before we, we bounce out of here. Let's give actual value to this audience. So you are in a space that's a, a very dynamic one right now. I mean, a lot of people are having trouble hiring employees, right? That's a big piece of this. So can you give just like there's a lot of retailers and even manufacturers out there. Give a, a little bit on that, like. What are you reading about or seeing out there that is actually helping people bring people back into the workforce and uh, be engaged and excited about their job again? Yeah, so so I think, you know, one thing we're noticing is, is just a big shift in kind of the whole picture, right? That even a couple years ago, five, 10 years ago, especially, like it, it's all about the hourly wage, right? Or the, the salary, like that's what drove behavior. And nowadays we started to see the shift even pre-COVID where like vacation means more to folks than extra salary. And so they're starting to look at the full package of what does the company do for me? Like the total rewards the company offers, not just the, the baseline compensation. 
And so I, I think we've always got to be thinking of that. And a lot of those things don't cost us money, right? It's not some of the things like vacation. Okay, there may be cost to that. But there's other things that we can do just from a work environment perspective that, that people are considering because that, I mean, all the stats that you read, people are leaving jobs and they don't have other ones lined up because they're just fed up, right? They don't like the environment that they're in. So I think really assessing what can we do that's maybe free that provides that kind of environment that people just want to be a part of. It's not so much we got to raise wages. That's been a lot of companies responding is raise wages. You really don't have to. You got to you know take that reflective look of saying, what is our work environment like? Because it, it means a lot more to people than just the wages. That's certainly what we've seen is you can raise wages. It doesn't necessarily impact turnover. It's And, and I wish there was a silver bullet, but it's really a lot of the small things. Do you recognize your employees? Do they feel respected and appreciated? That, that's what matters the most. And I will say this, you know, having looked at the great resignation, it's much easier to keep a current employee than to hire a good one out in the market. There's just not buckets and buckets of employees out there that we can go hire. So making sure that we engage and retain our current people is more meaningful now. And it's than the ever. small stuff, you say. It's the, it's the uh, how do we recognize people consistently? How do we create a culture uh, where we're promoting people and promoting their uh, their interests, not just promoting like up the corporate ladder, but just, you know, highlighting and recognizing people. Uh, wh what are some, give us some specific things that a business owner can do right now. Is it kind of like crystallizing that and making it part of the process and making it like putting something, somebody in charge of doing that quarterly or whatever it is? Yeah. So, so I think it's actually, what I've seen is more the opposite that the, the natural inclination is let's do, you know, lunches, like, like, let's do events, let's plan things to carry out. And what, what we've tried to focus more on is what I call micro experiences, right? It's the day in and day out, the little things that happen, that like the boss knows my name. We always encourage folks, like if you're a supervisor of people, know every single one of their names, whether you have six or whether you have 40, right? You're on a plant floor or you're in a retail establishment, know their names. That means a lot to people. And when they have that one event, that's either good or bad, that doesn't usually determine whether or not they're gonna stay with the organization. Like, hey, we had a lunch today. Yeah, that was nice. But if your boss doesn't know your name, you're probably not gonna stick around very long. And so it's those little things just day in and day out. Like we encourage folks, engage with every employee every day and say their name during that interaction. That just that little micro experience causes them to feel much more connected to their workplace than the birthday lunches or some of that, that that some of us do. But we wanna do those big events. We wanna do the big recognitions. Yeah, those things matter, but it doesn't matter as much as those day-to-day -day things. So that's a lot of what we stress. And you know, it's, it's harder to measure. You, know, you can ask them like, hey, check the boxes every day. Did you engage with every employee? But that's what we see. People want those just little experiences where they go home saying, somebody yeah, cares like about me. Today. an absentee father that comes around you know, once every three or four months and brings you uh, you know, a bicycle or when you turn 16, buys you a new car, uh, the relationship's going to suffer. But the father who's around and cares and shows genuine, you know, empathy and interest in your life, that's what's going to compound and add up over time. And like you said, it's going to mitigate any type of exodus that could happen because of a major incident, um, which those things are going to pop up. I mean, even going back to the beginning of the show, I mean, if you're dealing with the yeah. Mark Quinns and the Mark Kinsleys of the world, like you're going to have some dynamic people in your environment and their lives are going to take twists and turns. And there could be, you know, a tummy bump incident with Mark Quinn or a tattoo tracing incident. Right. right. No. And I think, and, and that's where, you know, we talk too about like transactional experiences 
th that doesn't keep people, right? That the more you make things about transactional experiences, like here's your wages, right? That everything is all about a transaction. You're giving us your labor and I'm giving you your wages. People don't stay at companies because of transactional experiences. They want that holistic thing, right? They, they want to feel appreciated. So I think kind of to your point, Mark, there of making sure that you appreciate people in the moment. People love to be recognized for good work. Even if it's as simple as, hey, you know, you made a couple sales today. Great work on that. That probably means more to them than the commission they're seeing on their check. Like when they think about staying at this employer, yes, the check matters. I'm not saying the transactional things don't matter. But those little things that I think we overlook, because to your point about like the absentee father, you know, sometimes they come in and it's only bad news, right? You only get the attention when you're in trouble. And employees don't like that, being recognized in the moment for something that you did. And that's where it's just a lot of those soft things day in and day out that matter more. We had a friend of ours named, uh, his name is Javon McCormick, um, new friend of ours, uh, on the show a while back. And his, this is a true story. His mother was an orphan. Uh, his father was an actual pimp and had 26 children. And he said, when my dad came around, it was like an eclipse. It didn't happen very often, but it was a major, major event. You as the boss and you as the leadership team should not be like an eclipse. It should not be in a major event when you come around. It should be micro momentary, like you said, those consistent interactions uh, that, that happen to create you know, the compounding effect of culture. You know, and culture doesn't happen with big, broad sweeps, I think. Yep. No, I would agree. And I think identifying in your organization, too, who are the culture drivers, right? That if you're a small establishment, you're one retail store, like, is it your store manager? Is it the owner? Is it some somebody that's driving that culture that, that people are drawn to? And you, you've got those in every organization. We have them at Temper Sealy that people, there's big personalities that engage really well with people. And don't be afraid to put those people out front. You know, I like to think or like to hope that I'm one of those at Temper Sealy, but that's part of why I love being engaged with the national sales conference and stuff is I like engaging with the people. And I think that helps driving culture, but not just me being on stage, but knowing the salespeople, knowing their names, being them being able to reach out to me, that sort of thing helps. And not everybody is that way and that's okay. We need different skills and organizations, but making sure you have some of those culture drivers and you keep putting them up front. You know what I mean? To, to drive that. Culture. Drew, I, I, I think that Temper Seal is really lucky to have you because <clears throat> number one, you're a cheap MC. I assume that they're not paying you above scale for your right. personal appearances, right? right. Um, but you're, right. you're a bright light, man. Uh, seeing you on stage and the way you handled that and the fun you bring and your personality, uh, you're very affable. And I mean, for someone in the AHR space, to be that kind of person that can help really drive that feeling into culture. Uh, that's a really cool thing. And so I think that uh, anyone listening to this can take that from it. Also, HR doesn't have to be the wet blanket. You're, you are a fun guy that likes to throw cautionary tales into the mix of, of what is necessary. Right. But anyway, you're, you're, uh, they're lucky to have you, man. And we're, we're really grateful that you gave us some of your time today. Yeah, you bet. No, thank you. And, and I appreciate it. It's it's a lot of fun. And that's where I think if work isn't fun, that's always my perspective, that we're not doing it right. And that should be for HR, too, that we got to do things. There's certain parts of our job that we just got to carry out that aren't always that much fun, but it needs to be fun. I totally agree. I always say if, you've, if you're having fun, you've already won. Your days add up to become your life. So you should spend it with people you enjoy being around and you should have a lot of fun along the way uh, within 
the bumpers and the guardrails of what's appropriate and inappropriate. And Drew, you helped us understand that today. I think you, this may have been an insurance policy for Quinn. There we go. Are you saying in there case I get in trouble goal. now, I've got goal. built a bridge to Drew, and so like I might get some extra like consideration? Is that what you're saying? I like that. Yes, absolutely. Right. Well, hey, Drew, Drew Millar. I, I thought if- you were going to Dr. Seuss us there, Kinsley. If you're having fun, you've already won. Now that your day has just begun. Yeah, I thought I was Did you think riding. so, Will? Yeah. Yeah. Hold Will on. Ferrell? If you're having fun, you've already won. Yeah. And now this podcast is officially done. Nailed it. Wow. Nailed it. All right. <laughs> Everybody, if you're listening to this, go and rate us where you listen to your podcast. Five stars only. Give them all for Drew Millar with Tempers Healy, VP of HR and Legal. Thanks, Drew. You're awesome. Thanks, guys. You can bounce on it. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce, now we got it by the leader Well you take a spring and you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back, you don't have to practice It's the best thing to happen to your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get hybrid if you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Nothing short of cheap. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got the type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses. Yeah.